If you're innovating, creating, or making a difference, this show is for you. Welcome to Over Coffee. I'm Dot Cannon. Here on Over Coffee, we talk with artists and innovators about the process of changing the world in terms of what they do. When I created Awaken the Giants, it was more of like a social commentary experiment. I really wanted to meld the project and the experience that we had in virtual reality with the world that we're living in. Award-winning XR artist and world builder Juliana Lowe uses her talents to create magic. And while she's doing that, she's combining elements of fun with social interaction and some thought-provoking elements which may appear as Easter eggs in her work. Juliana's most recent immersive world creation is her Awaken the Giants metaverse. This is a breathtakingly beautiful, surreal world currently on Altspace. Juliana says her goal with Awaken the Giants was to bring people together as they explore. And she accomplishes this by allowing you to fly through her immersive world, discovering surprises, and thinking about what those concepts mean to you. Juliana, before we get to talking about this amazing immersive world, Awake of the Giants, I'd love to know more about your creative journey. Looking at LinkedIn, I see that you were a history major and a fine arts minor. How Mm -hmm. did you know that art was going to be your life's work? (laughs) I guess, I think it's pretty easy for everybody, I think, to figure out like where they tend to gravitate, where their skills take them and where they find an escape. And so, you know, we started doing that as a little kid. So both my sister and I actually spent a lot of time drawing in my parents. I grew up in a different country and then I came here to Canada. So it was a really nice way to hang out with the other kids and to learn from everybody else how to be Canadian. Mm-hmm. You grew up where? I was born in Malaysia. Wow. Yeah, my parents didn't know, you know, like they were trying to figure out how to be Canadians too as well. And they saw us bloom in artwork and thought, okay, fine, let's put them in that. And then everything just kind of flowed from there. (laughs) Your website says that you first did VR work in 2019. What do you remember very best about the first time you created art in VR? (laughs) Well, first I got to say that it didn't look as pretty as it does now. <laughs> it, is. it looks amazing now. That would be scary if it looked that pretty when you started. And I think that's where everybody starts, right? Like you just, you end up creating something and you look at it and you kind of go, what is that? <laughs> and you're just like, <laughs> but that's where it all begins. And I, I had to deal with, I actually saw a lot of VR projects back in 2017, but I was doing something that kind of pulled me away from VR. And so I didn't really get a chance to jump in until 2019. And it really cemented the idea in me that it doesn't matter when you start (laughs) and it doesn't matter who you begin with. And you don't have to know the names and you don't have to know all the information behind VR. You just have to go in and and just do it. Which is great advice for anybody. How long did it take you to get from it doesn't look that pretty to -hmm. where you were a little bit happy with it and then to where you are today with Awaken the Giants? Well, so using Google Tilt Brush, it's a combination of drawing and sculpting. And so I had done 3D in the past using, you know, software like Maya and I think a 
Adobe Max, I believe, and 3D Max. So I already had a background in that. So it wasn't too difficult. It, actually, the first one, after going in and creating something really quite silly, the first image that I did, I didn't realize in, in retrospect that it was actually pretty good. <laughs> so I guess I was one of the lucky ones. And so then six months after that, I was already showing my work in museums and so forth. Galleries. So, yeah, it was just one of those things. Mm-hmm. I had wondered, looking at your work, if you had grown up with computers and graphic software. Actually, I did not grow up with all of that because my parents actually, it was during those days where, you know, they'd kick you out of the home. They don't know where you are and you just kind of scatter into the wilderness and you come back like late at night. I was one of those kids. So I didn't actually, I went to the Vancouver Film School, you know, a long time ago. So instead of doing my master's in architecture, I dropped out of that. I went to the Vancouver Film School and I just started learning, you know, 3D and new media. And I didn't really start till later. Like these kids today, they grew up and they're like already breathing, right? Like all this new technology. And But you can start whenever you want to. So it's never too late, like I said. <laughs> that is going to be very reassuring to anybody listening who's thinking, well, fine for her if she grew up with the technology because that's a real sticking point for a lot of people is, yikes, this is kind of intimidating. Please tell me the story of Awaken the Giants. How did you come to create your immersive world? So a lot of us do artwork and we have, there's a reason to do artwork, right? We're here as creators. We have a responsibility to bring out certain truths in the world and to allow people to remember what is important and how we processing information that kind of helps a lot of other people through their understanding of critical thinking. And so back in January 6th, during the insurrection, I believe, I think that's what it's called at the state capitol, I looked at that, and I'm Canadian, I looked at that with a little bit of trepidation, and I wasn't really sure what was going on. So I spent, and it was really quite upsetting for a lot of people, uh, not just in the United States, but around the globe. So I spent a lot of time just retrospecting and figuring out and just processing like <laughs> what is going on. And when I created Awaken the Giants, it was more of like a social commentary experiment. So it was it represents something that's completely different from, say, a gaming project or a historical project or any of those venues, but it brought together elements of gaming and fine art and gallery and installations and communal spaces, VR. It brought everything together in a mishmash, kind of like a new hybrid of social VR space that enabled people to come in, to look around, to really take in the world with a feeling of awe and wonder. But it also gave people the chance to actually speak to each other and converse with each other. And that was like the true crux of the whole experience. And it was great. It worked out worked out better than I thought. But I was only really, as I'm still continuing to process and we all process, I was only able to come up with more refined interpretations in the last month or two as I look back at the project. This is a breathtaking world. You were kind enough to take me through it as a tour over the weekend. I'm going to pretend I've never seen it before in my life. And let's 
have you give me a little bit of an imaginary tour. Suppose we're going into it right this minute. What do we see? What do we experience? The first thing you go in, you'll end up on a platform and that's, you will see a lot of sprinkles. You will see a lot of colors and a lot of signs and some instructions that tell you how to onboard because that's kind of really important. And that's the area where all the little groups end up. And so usually when they come in, they're in little, they're kind of divided, but they're in groups. And then you're asked to usher in into a portal, like a sort of tunnel. And we're using like the agency that we're given as we're donning the Oculus headsets. And nobody's got peripheral vision, right? So you're basically like moving in like a straight line and you don't really know what you're going to encounter unless you move your head around. So as soon as you hit another main platform, that's when you actually are excited as you gaze at the breadth of the artwork. And that's when you're impacted upon like the imagination and the, the extraordinary experience. And it's kind of like, like you're at the precipice of the Grand Canyon. You don't really know what you're going to expect until you look out and you're like, wow, this is pretty impressive. <laughs> it's really amazing. Yeah, and that, that, I think that's where we invited you to choose the mask that you wanted. And so we got you to choose masks representing air, the elements actually, air, fire, and earth. We're still in the middle of creating the water. And the mask basically takes the place of the COVID masks that we had to wear all of these years, as a matter of fact. And the COVID mask actually kind of pushed people away. You know, it was a little bit frightening. And every time we saw each other, we we're like, not so fun. But we brought back the theme of joy and play in concealment. So having those masks and being able to like sort of connect with each other, like all the lions get together, representing earth, all the birds get together, representing air. I mean, it made for a really fun experience that encouraged community building. What was one of your best creative challenges as an artist as you were creating Awaken the Giants and Tilt Brush? I think I'm a very heady kind of type person. Like, and you know, everything has to be pre-designed and, and organized and so forth. I think the best part was just letting go, <laughs> right? And and I think it really showed because usually I'll go in with a strategy of like, you know, I want this and I want that and I want people to feel this because I come from, you know, a strategic background, XR design. And so this time I just left it kind of a little bit. It was half strategic and then half what's going to come up because, you know, it's a new medium. We didn't know. I didn't know, you know, what I was going to encounter. And so, you know, having the moment to just experiment and to find out, I can do a lot of tests to find out what people thought about it and how they sort of encountered the world. That was fun. What was one of the best of those experiments? What resulted from that that you really liked? I think people, you know, people engage with the metaverse in different manners and at different levels. And one of the things that I did was I incorporated a gamified version, like seek and find, right? So I, and you know, when you jumped in, Dot, I think it was so fun. I think you found so many of the words that I had, you know, hidden in the world. And that was really neat. I had created words that represented values and aspirations. In order to encourage people to talk, we used that as subject points, subject matter points, so that we could, you know, if you're from, you're from California, right? Long Beach. Right, Long Beach. And, you know, I'm from Vancouver. And the thing is, we would, and, you know, other people came from Germany at that time and 
Brazil and China and Taiwan, you know, all globally, right? So the really cool thing was that, you know, using the Waken the Giants as a metaphor and a platform, we didn't have to learn about each other through the news, which, you know, usually do, you know, what's going on over there. We actually had the opportunity and the chance and the quote unquote safe space for people to come in and just connect with each other, just be themselves, just have the opportunity to communicate and to to discuss certain points that were on those discs, right? Uh, what was on it? Empathy, compassion, freedom. I remember that because you explored the giant's head and you saw the word freedom inside the head. I would put, you know, words inside all the giant's heads. And it really was a really great place to jump off conversations and to share. Let's look at a couple of these giants. You've got the giant's head with flame coming out of the mouth, and you've got some very tall women that look almost like goddesses. In fact, I would say these are goddess figures, and they look to have both Native American and African art influences. What do each of these represent? Well, the the goddess, yeah, you're right. She's a goddess. And in fact, all of the artwork is drawn from my heritage and from you know my family and from the conversations and the stories that. I learned growing up. So they're representative of, there really is just a battle going on. And you would look at the goddess, she represent nature and her strength and her grace. And then you go look at the other part of the triad and you'd see the blue skin guy with the great big, like you said, the fireball. And he represented humanity. And then, of course, you go over to the other side and you see like the big gigantic head. And that represents, you know, technology. And so the conversation would be, or the the reason why you'd be there is because you were called to be a hero. You'd come on in and then you'd bring just yourself. And then we'd embark on discussions regarding how to bring balance to this crazy world of, you know, humanity versus nature versus technology. And, you know, by conversation, what you say would help all of us to understand what your perspective was and what's happening in your part of the world. People will really want to experience this. Yeah, it's probably a lot easier if we just give your website because there's some amazing work up there. And I'm going to be asking you about that momentarily. But Juliana Lowe, julianaloh.ca, is that right? Right. That's a good one to start. And I'll update that as well, too. Sorry, I've been a little bit behind in my social media. (laughs) (laughs) I can't imagine why when you've got all this work going on and all these different accolades and stuff. Of all the honors that you garnered for Awaken the Giants, if there were one you were going to pick out and decades from now tell your grandchildren about, what was one of the best for you? Well, I guess there have been two. I was really, really honored to actually be represented in the Vancouver International Film Festival. And that was like last year. And that's because my two good friends asked me to do it. And also because it's really, there's a really great feeling to represent your city. So, you know, we were honored in terms of one of the best and or the most experimental or one of the most fun experiences in XR. And so I got to meet a lot of really interesting people and a lot of fellow storytellers. But the really nice part was being able to say, hey, Vancouver, we love you. Thanks for giving us, you know, everything, all the gifts that you've shared with us. And we want to share something back with you because you're our city. Yay. 
And you know what, Dot? The second one was actually something that happened a few days ago. Some of the crew from the Peabody Awards actually came in and they checked out the world and actually was in the headset for more than two hours. So I guess they really liked it. (laughs) They had very good taste. Well, thank you. That's so gracious of you. (laughs) You have a call to action in Awaken the Giants. What is it? Yeah, I mean, in so far as, you know, we get to indulge in all these really fun escapist projects in virtual reality, I really wanted to meld, you know, the project and the experience that we had in virtual reality with the world that we're living in. So how do you bridge that? Well, I introduced the concept of interoperability at the very end. And we're always cognizant of knowing that while we are having fun in this world, we're also living in this world and the real world. And how do we take our lessons and our observations? What do we do with it? So in one of the giant's heads at the very end, you will see the words, what is your magic or choose your magic, you know? And so choose your magic word in the terms of you've already hung out with your new friends. You had the opportunity to discuss some important or personal stories. You've gone into a very secret stage where you were able to, you know, do a poetry slam or sing a song or just engage in something that helps other people to understand and know you better. And so having the opportunity to see those words, what's your magic? You choose the magic word of your choice before you leave. And then you decide or you make a contract with yourself to go out And then empower yourself by enacting that word, whatever it is. What if you had to choose a magic word? You probably have chosen several, but if you had to choose one as an artist, what would you choose? Oh, wow. That's nobody's ever asked me that. (laughs) I think, you know, I think I would choose curiosity. Yeah, I think, you know, and I think I would choose curiosity and a long sentence, but stamp out fear when it comes to technology, you know, because like, I'm not the greatest technologist neither. And so, you know, I'm an artist. And so, you know, there have been many situations where I look at something and kind of go, I can't do that. You know, that looks really intimidating. And then I try it or I just say, well, I can't do it yet, but I will be able to, you know, like, okay. I mean, other people have. So I think that's the one thing. Be fearless and have the curiosity to try new things. You have actually guided fellow artists, I believe, at Chapman University in Charlie Fink's class. What do you tell them about creating a metaverse world that works the way that this one does? Well, first, Charlie's class is phenomenal. (laughs) They're just, they're so smart and they've got such a great teacher, right? So it's Charlie (laughs) and so many other professors whom I've spoken to. and. I think it's it's really amazing that they come because they're in that generation, right? Where a lot of them are technologically aware and they are they really understand how to bring their experiences into a digital world. But I often tell them one of the things that I think you need to bring more of is your own story. Because you know, wherever that story flows from, especially the challenges, because you know, everybody wants to talk about their the wonderful pursuits that they've achieved and so forth. But it's the challenges, right, that help us to be more aware and to relate to other people. So, you know, when you can do that, and, you know, they're 
they haven't, I don't think that some of them have had some rough times, but, and you know, this as well as I do dot that it's only when you start to grow and experience new things and experience a lot of things that you're able to, you know, put more stuff into your experience bag. So yeah, they're amazingly talented and they're just on the verge of receiving their own opportunities to show the world how brilliant they are. I'm excited to see the opportunities artists get today because it used to be if you were fine art, well, good luck. But it looks like you're really getting out there and really putting your work out and getting recognized, which is amazing to see. What's one challenge that has really helped you grow as an artist? I'd say taking the time to reflect. You know, I think it's such a go, go, go world. And um, especially in the last couple of months for me, I've just been doing so much, so much. And it's so hard to tear away from social obligations and family obligations and, you know, everything that pulls us away from ourselves. And my main challenge, again, is to sit down and kind of go, what's been happening in my life? What makes me tick? What makes other people tick? How do we solve some of the problems? And it doesn't even have to be through technology, you know, and finding the moments to listen to other podcasts, to try out different experiences, because you know, you don't know until you do it. And then to be able to appreciate what somebody else can bring to the table. I think finding the time to feed my own soul, my own understanding of what I want to bring to the world is a challenge, but it's got to be done. (laughs) I love that phrase, finding the time to feed my own soul. I'm going to ask you for a tip on this. How in the world do you do that? Because I deal with the same thing. So do a lot of people who are listening to this. Yeah. Wow. I set aside time. Like, you know what? I make a contract with myself and I say, if something is important to you, you'll do it. Right. And you know it, or, you know, if you're out and about, just say that. And if all of a sudden there's something that you see that you really want to buy, just think about this. If you really want to buy something and you really want it, you will make every excuse in the book to buy it. Right. Yeah. You'll rationalize the whole thing. And then you'll just like, okay, I'll pay that $10 that you want for that tiny little thing that's only worth two cents. But you know what I mean? It's really true, right? Or like you'll buy that coffee that you don't really need. So, you know, maybe it just comes to willpower and understanding that that moment that you spend with yourself, even if it's like 10 minutes, 15 minutes, but hopefully a couple of hours. And you can work yourself up, start with baby steps until you reach a certain goal, a time where there's the moment, the actual moment and the experience of it, whatever that may be, can infuse your soul and can infuse who you are with what you feel that you need. I hope that works. It took a long time for me to do that. (laughs) How long will Awaken the Giants be up on alt space and on Engage? Well, we hope that it will stay up on alt space for as long as it can. I don't really know at this at this point, because as you know, Dot, our world disappeared for about eight months. And it's because, you know, Altspace had a server or some sort of an upgrade, which is absolutely beautiful and phenomenal. And it would make things absolutely stunning. But, you know, alas, we're always at the mercy of third party interventions, right? So we don't know, but we're very happy and very excited to introduce our work to Engage VR. And I've got that world. Coming up, I haven't even seen it yet, but people tell me it's pretty nice. (laughs) And then I have a part two, a version two of that world that I'm almost done. 
that I'm ready to offer up. So that'll be a brand new experience in itself. And I'm kind of hoping that people actually join. People get to see a different style of art. And I hope you get odd. And I hope that it's a window to wonder to you. (laughs) Engagevr.io, if I remember right. Yes. And I don't know when it's going to come up because I think that the crew, Chris Madsen and Steve Lewis, are going to be holding a very special opening. We'll see. I wish you'd shoot me an email when it does come up so I can promote it. People are going to want to know. And will this also be called Awaken the Giants? Is this Awaken the Giants 2 or is it a different name? I'll give it a different name and uh, you can help me with that. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I did not want to forget to ask you too about a different world that you created that I really enjoyed. Jingleville is on your LinkedIn and I happen to go through it. Hot chocolate and all, courtesy of, and I wish I had her name, I would say it, but there's this very talented narrator who takes you through. Let's give her some credit here. Absolutely. Her name is Catherine D. Henry. And, you know, we all have different skills. And Catherine is just a wonderful narrator. (laughs) She's really cool. She's an XR specialist as well. And I just wanted to give huge kudos to my partner, actually, Nicholas Liang. And, you know, he's recently out from school and he's just fabulous. When you put two or three people together who are highly skilled, you create magic, right? And Nicholas has done things that I've never seen or didn't think was possible. And so, you know, in the future, we'll be going to be coming out with some more projects that I think are going to be quite impressive to people. And well, it blows my mind. So I'm hoping it'll blow other people's minds. What blew my mind was seeing the marshmallows grow in the hot chocolate in Jingleville. That was really something. In what ways did Jingleville prepare you for what you did with the Wake and the Giants? Yeah, first of all, Jennifer, Jennifer, who's known by Nira from Altspace, she's a really talented programmer. She does those interactives. And so she created those marshmallows for us. And as a matter of fact, she and then a good friend of mine who my first created worlds in all space, Andy Fidel, she joined a crew too as well. So I just really wanted to make sure that people understood that it was a, it was a partnership of good friends and an extraordinary talent that put that world together. And so Jingleville is more like a, a Christmas venue that we created in 2019, so a long time ago. And we designed the first blueprints for that. We created the narrative space, you know, and we have a tour that you can go in through. And I usually I'll give the tour and it's, and the development of the creative and the experience design. We designed that kind of together. And there are a couple of surprises in there that helped me to understand how to create a beautiful experience in Awaken the Giants. And one of those things was dot, we haven't even gone and seen that together yet, is the creation of a gigantic tree with hidden mice inside of it. Yeah, I told you the secret, Dara. <laughs> I just got an Easter egg. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you got the Easter egg. And what's really neat about that particular experiment is that when people came in and I was with them, I would take pictures of them. I would take it out instantly and put it up on the tree, like right when you were there, so that that would be your social VR postcard and souvenir. So Anytime you came back and you revisited Jingleville, you'd see your picture. So that was really neat. And I didn't mind like sharing all our experiments and all our discoveries with everybody else, you know, in the virtual reality spaces, in the metaverse spaces, because I thought if I knew what I knew, 
I could, you know, share with the rest of the community, you know, whatever discoveries that we made. And it turned out to be great. And I really feel that it enriched a lot of other people's designs. This was a great experience. I noticed lights and sparkles are very present in a lot of your work. So are strong female figures, such as in Winter Warrior. Why are lights and sparkles magical for you? Well, so if you've ever played with Google Tilt Brush, which is really, you know, a wonderful piece of software that really speaks to the the painter in you. (laughs) And so these are brushes that you could just choose and pick. And, you know, depending on the context of the actual subject matter that you're painting, you were able to infuse this humongous place, whatever it was, even if you were doing tiny mice, with sparkles. And there's something about sparkles that reminds me of magic. As a matter of fact, I just love telling this story. When I was on Facebook once, and I like to scroll through people's feeds. I don't really say much, but you know, we, we all like to do that, right? Just to see what everybody else is doing. And it's fun. And so I strolled through Jackie Mori's feed. You know, she's a professor and she teaches XR experience design. And she put a little like fire, firefly. I have never seen a firefly before in my life ever. So I was like, what is that? She's like, it's a firefly. And then people would talk about it. And I thought, that is the cutest thing. That is magic right there. That's beautiful. And then it introduced me to a world of, you know, other strange creatures with phosphorus and, you know, the jellyfish and so forth. And I was like, oh, I read all the big, it's like, look at all the examples of like nature giving us quote unquote miracles and fun stuff and their own set of like quote unquote festive lights. So I'm like, okay, let's just do it. Let's draw all our experience and all its inspiration from nature. So that's how it went. I'm thinking we have got to get you to the East Coast, Eastern Seaboard of the U.S. in summer. You will see fireflies and or lightning bugs is the other thing we call them. They're like really magical looking. Okay, then. Okay, then let's make a date right here. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. I'll buy you a coffee when I see you. I'm wondering about the strong female figures, because again and again, I'll see goddess figures in your work, like the Winter Warrior. On mm-hmm. whom are some of these based? Who are some of the female references in your life who have been these strong women who've inspired you? Well, so when I grew up, I was really into comics. Like, that's all I drew is comics, comics, comics. but. I drew a lot of, you know, male figures, right? Because I, you know, when you're a kid, you don't know anything else. And then, but I didn't see myself, you know, in other, my ethnicity or, you know, my sex in almost everything, right? So it was very, it was very one-sided. So I thought, okay, it was really just a way of empowering and offering representation. If you notice, like almost all my figures are blue-skinned. So, you know, they're all blue skin and it's not that it doesn't really, it's not that it just flows from Avatar, which I really loved, you know, the movie Avatar, but it was a really concerted effort for me to, to create a universal figure kind of that enabled anybody to project themselves onto. So I've got like, I've got males, I've got females, I've I've got mice, I've got horses. <laughs> I'm just like, whatever you want to project yourself onto, go right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I love that lion mask, incidentally. That was the one I projected myself onto in Raking the Giants. What's your <laughs> advice to fellow artists who really want to get out there like you and get their work out and make a difference? I would just say, like, I mean, the cliche is just do it, right? But 
I would say, yes, just do it. I've seen extraordinary, just extraordinary growth from people. I would say, try it out. Don't allow the first impressions, whatever impressions you have to dictate how you decide to grow in the medium, because it takes time to learn anything, right? So be patient with yourself because it's not easy. You know, I mean, it's for me, it's kind of like programming. It's like step one, how do you do this? And it really is just a way of thinking. There are patterns to learning, right? And so hang out with somebody else who's done it before so that you can discover that pattern, right? So if you hung out with me, I would teach you, okay, so we'll decide on these are muscle groups. This is what you highlight. This is the colors that you use. And then, you know, I would basically give you the the quick how-to basics. Just do the basics. Don't go nuts. Just do the very basics. And once you've done the basics, then expand on it. It makes me sad when a lot of people say, oh, you're in fine arts. You're not going to bring much value. You're not a doctoral lawyer, <laughs> right? And people say that too, right? It's just not me. It's just all sorts of, that's just like the way society is. But we don't realize that it's the fine artists who have a very pure view of seeing the world. And it's really important. We don't really talk about it much, but we all feel it and we all know it. And they have the responsibility of either sharing beauty and what it means to them, because beauty, again, is another word for truth, or they enact in a different way by offering observations and ways in which we can look at the world differently. So you're not going to get that spread. It's really remarkable how much you can learn from people who are courageous enough, because that's what it takes for an artist to put not only their works out there, but themselves. So kudos. <laughs> Seriously. And I must say, artists have tended to inspire me more in my lifetime than a doctor or a lawyer. Many yeah. <laughs> when you say hang out with you, where are you going to be teaching? Where might people hear you speak? And where might you be exhibiting in the next three or four months? Well, I will be, I'm pretty busy at the moment because in my day job, I do a lot of experience design projects. So you can reach me for a tour or even a short lesson if you want to at julianalo.ca or most especially splashmango.com and just connect with me or through my social media. You know what, everybody just use your social media. You're on it. I know it. I see you. (laughs) So like, Twitter, I'm at Splash Mango. Just come on, on, I'm at Splash Mango. Or Instagram, I'm at Splash Mango. The project I'm really excited about that's coming up really soon, and I really got to work really hard at it. I'm going to be doing a live art project demonstration viewing at the Chan Center for Performing Arts in Vancouver in November the 4th and the 5th. It was such a really cool opportunity. I'm going to be doing artwork against a huge screen behind an orchestra who's going to be playing in real time and a choir. Are you going to live stream this for anybody that's not going to be in Vancouver? I think we're going to live stream it. I think that we're, you know, there's about 1,500 seats in the stadium and we're hoping to fill a lot. Again, that's November 4th and 5th at the Chan Center for Performing Arts in Vancouver. 
Their website for more information is chancenter.com, Chan, C-H-A-N. Center is spelled C-E-N-T-R-E, chancenter.com. Finally, Juliana, my signature question for the podcast. If people can only get one thing from you about innovation, creativity, and making a difference, what would you like them to take away from you? The one thing I would say, I would say don't be afraid to reach out to people. Like, I mean, I think there's a hesitancy and a tendency to be like, oh, that specter of I'm not good enough. (laughs) Oh, like, why can't we eradicate that, you know, from our vocabulary? I'm not good. You know what? Just do it anyway. I mean, if I had not done that, first of all, the journey wasn't that easy for me to actually get on. First, things were kind of expensive. And second, there were people out there who didn't believe in me or who didn't feel that they wanted to give the opportunity, a chance for people to just come on and do it. And so, you know, I faced a lot of barriers. (laughs) So, you know, as we all do, but if you want something, if you want something hard enough, people are, I mean, they're busy, but people like you, Dot, like, you know, are so open to giving up their time. And it's a very generous endeavor because we don't have that much time, right? So, but just ask. And a lot of people connect with me on LinkedIn, but you know, they just go connect, but I'm like, why? And ask, you know, say, hey, I'm so-and-so, I want to do this, or I'm interested in doing this. And nine times out of 10, they'll write you back. Juliana, thank you for your time today. Thanks, Dot. You and I have been listening to artist, immersive designer, and XR storyteller, Juliana Lowe. Check out her immersive world, Awaken the Giants on Altspace VR. And get a look at Juliana's portfolio on SplashMango.com. You'll also get a chance to see Jingle Bill, her immersive Christmas time world, and her previous work on her website, julianalow.ca. Her last name is spelled L-O-H. Also, follow her on Instagram and Twitter at Splash Mango for updates about her latest work and her upcoming appearances, including that live art demonstration at the Chan Center in Vancouver on November 4th and 5th. And that concludes this edition of Over Coffee. Thank you for listening. Listen to more Over Coffee podcasts at twomavericks.com. That's two, T-W-O, Mavericks, M-A-V-E-R-I-X. And you can contact us at twomavericks at gmail.com. The music you're hearing is royalty-free production music provided by Pond5 at pond5.com. I'm Dot Cannon. Here's wishing you a cappuccino day.